Hello and welcome to ESPN Cricket Info Stump Mike. I'm Karthik Ayer here with you on a very very special podcast, one where we will preview the next, the sixth season of the Pakistan Super League. It feels like the previous season just ended, doesn't it? With with me today on this podcast is Daniel Rasool from Pakistan. Hi, hello. Nice to be here, Karthik. How does it feel, Daniel, that the PSL is back again? Because just a few months ago, we completed the latter stages of the previous season, didn't we? Yeah, it feels like it's come around a lot sooner, partially, because it has. But in a way, that helps the PSL because a lot of the time, the PSL has been worried about losing the narrative when it comes to T20 leagues. Um, there's a league that happens in February and March, and then the IPL happens, and obviously everything before the IPL is forgotten. So it's always um, a bit of concern for the PSL about how to wrestle back the narrative, and in a way, this feels like um, this isn't the worst thing for the PSL in itself that you've been talking about this tournament three months ago. And here it is back again. Along with Daniel on this podcast is a product of the T20 era, Matt Roller. Hi, guys. Nice to be with you. Yeah. Um, just to echo what Daniel said, I suppose the, uh, the interesting thing from the UK point of view, which is where I'm based, is that um, the PSL is sort of marketing itself much better this year. So, um Previously, it's been hidden away on a, a specialist Pakistan cooking channel in the UK, would you believe? And this year, they've signed a broadcast deal with with Sky. So it's now beamed into a lot more homes um, than it would be previously. And there's a lot better chance of picking up the casual viewers. And um, given it's a league with plenty of English involvement, um, I'm sure a few people will, will flick over to watch people like Joe Clark, Tom Abel and Alex Hales at some point during the tournament. Matt, when you say there are... A lot more eyeballs on on the PSL this year. What do you mean? Are there like billboards there, or is it just the fact that it's going to come on? Is it free to air television? Is the PSL going to be aired on free to air television in England? No, it's not free to air, but it's the most um, the most popular pay channel, um, Sky, which is where the England games are shown, um, where the IPL is shown, all that sort of thing. So previously, it's been been a very niche um, a, a very niche channel where you'd have to sort of actively seek it out. Whereas I think this year, maybe more casual viewers will flick over to the Sky Cricket Channel and see. Um, but yeah, we'll have to see. I I, I think the um, you know there's no. It's not like we've got billboards um, or posters on buses for it, but uh, I think uh, for, for for existing cricket fans, um, I think it there'll be a bit more interest than usual. That, that's great to hear. The Pakistan Super League 2021 edition will not be a closed-door event. It's confirmed, right, Tanyal, that there will be at least 20% crowds in, in stadiums here. And is it the first time that cricket will have crowds in Pakistan since since 2020? Yes, uh, you're right on both those counts. The, PS, uh, the PCB toured with the idea of having um, limited, very limited crowd involvement for um, the South Africa um, T20s, at least, if not the tests. Um, and that was with a view to hopefully not having completely empty stadiums for the PSL. So 20% crowds, one in five. Um, which um, I, I, which is better than better than nothing, I suppose, because yes, this is the first time since um, since the uh, knockout phases of the PSL were played um, in front of empty stadiums. Since then, this is the first time that we are actually having any crowds for any sport in Pakistan almost a year. All right, so guys, what we'll do here today, Daniel and Matt, is we'll go through all the teams who are going to be competing in PSL 2021. A quick preview of each team, their chances the players to watch out for. And of course, because we're heading into this year and the next with back-to-back T20 World Cups, I think it's only fair that we do players who are going to stake a claim for Pakistan side in those World Cups. So let's let's begin. Let's begin with the defending champions, the Karachi Kings. 
Daniel Babar Azam is is Pakistan's biggest cricketer at least by name value currently and this is yet another chance to continue to build his aura uh, it is and in in a sense karachi um are reaping the rewards of uh, placing their faith in him early he wasn't he wasn't necessarily known uh, as the quintessential t20 cricketer when karachi king signed him and even now even now over the last couple of years he's played more of an anchoring role for the karachi kings but that works well for them he was the highest scoring um Uh, he was the highest run scorer in the PSL last year. In in the overall PSL charts, he's up there with I think Kamran Akmal is the only one who's ahead of him. And despite a small, a tiny blip in form in this uh, for, uh, during the South Africa series, um, I, th- I I think he's uh, he he's in poor position to shake that off. I I I I, I don't think Karachi would be concerned about his um, form at the moment. He remains their gun player, this one of their key players if he is to if Karachi are to retain their title. Matt, last season, Multan Sultans dominated the league stages. Did you feel that Karachi were surprise winners? Um, I think so. I think I think um, obviously we know it was a very strange season in terms of the the long break um, due to the pandemic and sort of coming back for what was effectively three or four games um, in sort of October time. Um, I I think Karachi had obviously quite a quite a sort of emotional journey through the whole thing um with the the passing of Dean Jones who was their head coach and I think that sort of I don't know I think Imad Wazim paid paid tribute to him and it seemed like it sort of galvanized the squad and fostered this sense of togetherness and um I know a lot of people won't necessarily think that that should be relevant the sort of off-field stuff but I think it it, it does make a difference especially when you're getting a group of players together for a um for a short amount of time and just trying to to um lead the charge to the final. Um so I suppose they they were in a sense surprise winners but um equally they they had a a, a pretty strong squad um and I, I think it, it you know it wasn't like they'd had a terrible league season and come up on the blind side I think they they'd been pretty fine there or thereabouts for most of the the league season and um you know peaked at the right time as i suppose we say um in terms of their their prospects of this season i think i i don't necessarily see them defending their title just sort of looking at the the likely side on paper i think they're maybe a little short in terms of the bowling attack um and i think they they're, they're going to end up being quite heavily reliant on firstly babar scoring you know half centuries more often than not um which to be fair isn't necessarily a, a bad <laughs> a bad thing because he is remarkably consistent um but also someone like Christian or Imad I think they're going to be relying on them for a lot of overs um and sort of putting in big big all-round performances um in a lot of games um I I think the one sort of gaping hole for me is um their their failure to sign a sort of uh, a, a more solid wicket-keeping option because they've got Chadwick Walton um as an overseas who I has sort of flattered to deceive uh who's who's probably going to start the season as keeper from from what i can see um and he's he's really not uh necessarily the gun you want in your middle order um i i'll be interested to see if joe clark um takes the gloves at any stage because he is sort of an occasional wicket keeper in the uk um and had a very good t20 blast season for knots uh but is not necessarily the the first choice uh not necessarily the guy you'd want as your first choice keeper coming into a, a season like this so i think maybe that's a question mark over their recruitment i think they'll have an all right season but i don't necessarily see them going back to back daniel i want to talk a little bit more about about babar yeah i mean he is pakistan's cricket's biggest player currently and probably has not had 
the best time of it recently, especially in terms of big daddy run scoring in in the longest format, of course. Maybe even in T20I cricket, he's been usurped, is that even the right word, by Mohamed Rizwan as Pakistan's best T20 cricketer currently. How important is this is this tournament for him? It's amazing how quickly things in Pakistan cricket change. A couple of months ago, Mohamed Rizwan was being, criticized, uh, was being criticized for essentially not belonging to the T20 side. People thought maybe Azam Khan, who we'll get to with the Quetta Gladiators, he deserved a chance. People thought we didn't... Pakistan didn't need two anchors at the top in Babar Azam and Rizwan. And then Rizwan's just found a level that I, 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 I doubt even he thought he was capable of for a little while ago. And just as that's happened, Babar's seen a little dip, but then um, it shows how much, how, how dependent Pakistan were on Babar for such large parts of the past couple of years when they've experienced a slight drop in form in T20 cricket, that when he doesn't perform, Pakistan's weaknesses, especially in the middle order, really come to the fore. So I, I do think Pakistan may keep an eye on his form and Karachi will have kept an eye on his form for the South Africa series. But I don't think two or three T20s is essentially a couple of failures in T20 in the T20 series is a large enough sample size for um, anyone to uh, panic just yet. Uh, I just I just want to I just want to add quickly to the Karachi squad and how um, if Mohammad Nabi is called up, I do think one of the weaknesses is the fact that the spin department is a bit of it remains a bit of a question mark for me because if Mohammad Nabi is gone, they're a little bit exposed. There's a lot of pressure on Imad Wasim, who isn't necessarily the kind of spinner maybe that they want to trust during through the middle overs. And uh, I, I, I might follow the BBL more closely. I don't think he had a spectacular BBL. I thought he was just solid. And letting Omar Khan go, who was uh, who had a breakout season a couple of years ago, seems like a bit of an odd choice for me now. Yeah, I was just going to say, Nabi had a pretty underwhelming BBL, um, all told. Um, he, he struggled for, for runs and to, to contain with the ball. Um, and yeah, I was just going to echo Daniel's point about Umar Khan. I thought that was, that was a bizarre decision to let him go because he had this apparent knack for getting extremely good players out. I remember there was this sort of constant list that was going around of um, all the international players that Umar Khan kept getting out. Um, you know, A.B. de Villiers and Jason Roy and, you know, you name the big stars in the PSL over at the last season and he was he, he was getting them. So I thought it was, yeah, extremely odd that they wouldn't um, give backing to a guy that they discovered and also that no other team would, would pick him up. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was a strange bit of retention. Mohamed Amir, of course, Daniel has been in the news recently for his uh, other reasons, his, his basically his uh, back and forth with the PCB management with regards to his selection, then probable retirement from Pakistan cricket. Is, is this a tournament where he needs to come back into the limelight for cricketing reasons? I, I suppose I suppose he does, especially since he's thrown his lot behind franchise T20 cricket for now. So this is his bread and butter. In that sense, I suppose... Um, uh, he, he will have lost a bit of goodwill in some quarters in Pakistan. Um, but now, in a sense, you can also you can also make the case that the pressure is completely off him. This for, for a lot of players, the PSL is a platform to stake your claim for the national uh, for the uh, national side, especially with the two T20 World Cups coming up. But none of that exists for Amir. And we know he's a fantastic bowler on his day. It's just that at times he hasn't been as consistent. But he's always uh, done a good job in the PSL. He was quite solid last year. His economy rate... Um, particularly towards the back end, is exceptional. He bowled. Um, he was uh, primarily responsible for getting um, Karachi through to the final after bowling an exceptional over against Multan um, uh, in in the knockout stages that got uh, Karachi through to the final. So yeah, um, regardless of what happened with Pakistan for Karachi, alongside Babar Azam, I think he remains the premier Pakistani asset. 
All right, Daniel. So one word answer: Will Karachi Kings successfully defend their Pakistan Super League title? No, they won't. Matt. No, I agree. All right, then let's move on to the next side, the most successful side in uh, Pakistan Super League history. They've won two titles. It's Islamabad United, and and let's start with an overseas player from Islamabad because Matt Alex Hales is the hottest T Twenty cricketer going around right now, isn't he? He's coming in off off the back of an exceptional Big Bash season where he finished as leading run scorer um, and scored a, a quite unbelievable hundred at one point um, in Adelaide. Um, I think Hales actually he gave an interview to Sky the other day where he was saying obviously there's this sort of um, this known standoff between him and the ECB at the moment um, all over that that um, failed drugs test before the 2019 World Cup, the breakdown in his relationship with Owen Morgan etc. Um, but he, he said quite an interesting uh, thing, which which really grabbed my attention, at least, which was that he said, even if, you know, even if I don't um, ever win an England recall, I have something to, to look forward to in my career, which is that I want to, to break Chris Gale's all time record for most T20 runs in a career, um, which is a hell of a statement. And I don't think one I've heard anyone ever say before. Um, not least, because I think Hales is something like 14th on that list at the moment, but he's still six or 7,000 runs behind Gale. But I think his logic was, um, if I'm playing five or six tournaments a year and doing well in all of them and can keep going for six or seven years, it, why shouldn't I? Um, but yeah, it's a hell of a statement of intent um, going into a tournament. Um, and yeah, it, it, I think uh, he forms part of a side that I think might well be my favourites at least for for the tournament I think they look like they've got a really strong squad um, and recruited really well obviously got him from uh, from Karachi who won it last year so uh, maybe if they don't go back to back then then Hales will Hmm. yeah Uh, you mentioned in our notes uh, our chats leading up to this podcast that uh, Islamabad United have a moneyball reputation yeah, now that's arguably my favorite sports movie going around. So who who's the Brad Pitt here? <laughs> well, um, Daniel will be able to tell you more about um, the sort of the behind the scenes bit. But in the first couple of seasons of PSL, they were uh, they they had they were extremely successful, and they kept on. Um, they were sort of quite public about the fact they were using analytics and um, being quite data savvy in their recruitment behind the scenes. Um, it, but yeah, I think basically the reason I I I, I think they're a really interesting team this year is that they, they kind of flopped last year. I think they finished bottom um, and it really looked like um, every other team had sort of overtaken them in terms of knowing, in terms of uh, strategy, I suppose. Um, and yeah, I think it, it, for those two teams, Islamabad and, uh, and Quetta, who didn't, didn't even make it into the sort of the, uh, the October knockout stage, that must've been a quite difficult watch. Um, but yeah, they've, they've, um, They've had a change of head coach this year. They've got Johan Boter in, um, who's who's done well in the CPL in the past, um, sort of Im- implementing this very spin-heavy strategy at Guyana Amazon Warriors. Um, and uh, I think that the thing that really stands out for me about Islamabad is they've got a really strong middle-order core um, of Shadab Khan, Asif Ali, Fahim Ashraf, Hassan Ali and uh, potentially Hussein Talat as well, which could be, you know, numbers four through to eight or something like that, or maybe five through to nine, depending on what their balance is. Um, but that's a, that's a seriously good middle order and gives them a lot of batting depth um, and options with the ball. So I think that that really marks them out as a team that um, 
ha- have a lot of options as to how they balance things um and also one that just is is extremely strong i think um yeah hassan ali's coming in off this this epic run of form um and will definitely have a a point to prove coming into the season daniel do you concur favorites for the title islamabad united um i was putting them in the top 2 when i uh, did my previews a couple of days ago i think i think the two sides ironically that missed out on qualification last time uh, are the two that are the favorites i i i put quetta slightly ahead of them we'll talk about them when we get there but i the only concern uh, one of the few concerns that i raised is that uh, Matt tried to mention the middle order. Uh, I, was, I was slightly worried about the fact that the middle order, uh, some of, uh, basically Islamabad's middle order is more or less Pakistan's middle order in the T20 uh, national side as well. And, and at the national level recently, they struggled, Hussein Talat in particular, Asif Ali, perhaps not quite the cricketer he was a couple of years ago. I don't, I don't think he had the best CPL e- either. and when he came into the national side for the third t20 he just he got out of a low percentage predictable slog to long on yeah so islamabad have been really good at getting the best out of their middle order even when pakistan haven't been able to so if they can get back to that um and basically get the these four or five players in in the core of their side in the core of their batting lineup to fire in a way that pakistan haven't they're in a very strong position Shadab Khan has had his injury concerns recently is there any worry that he may not be able to play the whole tournament Yeah Shadab's been a concern for the past couple of months he's had this niggling ham- uh, niggling hamstring injury that we thought he'd have recovered from um after the New Zealand series but then uh, I think both Pakistan and Islamabad have kept it quiet uh, I hear that Islamabad are quietly confident that he will be available for the bulk of the tournament and given that now he's developed into this lethal number 3 number 4 power hitter for them as he did last year he was one of the few saving graces for Islamabad last time i think it's vitally important for them he's almost become talismanic since the first couple of seasons for Islamabad i do think it's vitally important that they get him back and i'm and i'm hearing that they will so let's hope we get a fully fit shadab khan for the entirety of the psl Hmm. So Matt says Moneyball Islamabad United are favorites Daniel has put them in the top 2 sides now on to our next team who are the Lahore Kalandars and I think Daniel let's start with the biggest question Rashid Khan I think he's playing in the PSL for the first time isn't he but there are now I mean there, there is talk that he'll probably be available just for two or three games Yeah that's the concern that's been a concern with Lahore Kalandars that they tend to go with the biggest name at times um every year at the draft and then somehow their biggest names never end up firing the signed Chris Gale the first year he was a bit of a flop the signed Chris Lynn and then he pulled out with an injury on the eve of the tournament Jason Roy didn't really work with uh, Lahore Kalandars I think he did a lot better um at Quetta so yeah this is something that looks like it will continue to happen for them this season because Rashid Khan's unavailable he will be selected for the Afghanistan season I'm fairly certain and so they will have a huge uh, a, a, a big player they'll be a big player light in terms of the fact that they his the spin department other than Rashid Khan is is left a little bit exposed for Lahore as well so yeah that is a concern for them yeah after a poor first few seasons and Matt I think Poor is also understating it the way Lahore were in the first four seasons. They they reached the final last year, so credit to them for that. Can can they continue on that momentum that they've built up? Because even when they were in the final, it's not like it happened a year ago. It happened just about four months back. Yeah, I don't know. It's a they're an interesting side when they're at full strength for the first few games. I think it's a really exciting bowling attack between Shaheen Afridi, Dilbar, Harris, Ralph, um, and then the all rounders in. 
um, Samut Patel and David Visa are on top of uh, Rashid Khan. So it looks like a pretty pretty strong attack for the first few games. Um, I'm not entirely convinced um, that they'll be able to cope particularly well when Rashid's gone because I think either they're, they're throwing in an, an inexperienced player um, or changing their balance quite a bit to sort of try and um, strong arm someone in as a replacement or something like that. So I'm not 100% convinced that they will. Um, but I think the, um, the, the the positives for them are, firstly, I think uh, Zishan Ashraf is quite a, quite a canny get in the draft. I remember he showed sort of flashes at Multan last season. Um, and then equally, um, a couple of guys in the middle order, Mohamed Hafiz, um, Osman Samuddin did a good interview for the Cricket Monthly with him recently. And he's he's been in this uh, fantastic run of hitting in T20. Um, and then Sohail Lakhtar, who's kind of the, the franchise's own guy. Um, he's he, he had a decent season last year and has just done well in the T10 uh, for, for Calanders, the sort of sister franchise, if you like. Um, and he's he's quite an unusual guy and he's um he, he's not particularly young by any means um and he's uncapped but he seems to be the guy that they've sort of backed as as captain um for a few years now and um yeah i think that he's he's the guy that they can sort of build around and have him at number four or thereabouts and uh yeah sort of ticking over through the middle um interestingly actually there was there was a quote from someone involved in the franchise after the draft where they said that the the biggest the biggest thing they did was um, not signing Rashid Khan, but managing to get Samit Patel back, um, which sounds pretty incongruous to me, but um, equally it shows how, how important Samit's been there for them because he's um, a guy you can have at number six, seven or eight. Um, and he will... Is that is that, Matt, the English in you saying that? Well, <laughs> um, I think, he, he, to be fair to Samit, he has had a very good couple of years um, on the T20 scene. Um, he, he bowls a lot of new ball overs, um, sort of almost like an Imad Wazim, keeping his lines very tight, trying to hit the top of off stump. Um, and his batting is still is still um, pretty useful on the day. But yeah, I, I, obviously a pretty um, <laughs> strange quote to come out with. But he he does uh, he does balance them pretty well alongside David Visa. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, the other question about uh, Lahore Kalandas, and I don't know if this has been discussed much, Daniel, but Shahin Shah Afridi seems to be playing a lot of cricket these days, and you get a feeling that there will come a time where he needs a bit of rest. Yeah, it's Shahin Afridi is a bit like the tragedy of the commons. Everyone says that they uh, expect him to get a rest, but no one actually wants to rest him. Pakistan, whenever whenever Pakistan play, Shahin Afridi uh, always seems to feature. Whether it was, uh, I thought there were opportunities against Zimbabwe to rest him, and they didn't. I thought he'd definitely be rested in at least one of the three T20 years. There's a case um, that he rest that he'd be rested for the entire T20 series, um, but that didn't happen. Don't expect Lahore Kalandars to rest him at all, given how important he is. He's, I think, he's their most important player. Um, uh, this season, uh, foreign or local. But the, the odd thing about Lahore Kalandas in general, we talked about how uh, much they value Samit Patel, is that while uh, whenever superstars come to the franchise, they never end up quite firing, when they have these decent, solid, but ultimately slightly limited cricketers, people like Ben Dunk, people like David Wieser, people like Samit Patel, they really come into their own at Lahore Kalandas, uh, even Sohail Akhtar in a way. Uh, the fact that they appointed him captain was just a product. It wasn't from what I hear, necessarily, that he's a fantastic thinker of the game. I think it was more a product of them going completely the opposite way of, we're not going to sign a superstar, we're not going to throw a lot behind um, one star attraction. And not to sound harsh, but 
who's less of a superstar than Sohail Akhtar. He not many people knew him in Pakistan before the PSL. So in, in, in that sense, I think um, they've, they've got a side that they believe puts the team over individuals. And last season, especially towards the back end, that really came to the fore. All right, prediction times then. Where will the Kalandas finish, Daniel? I think they'll qualify. Um, I, 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 I'd say fourth. Um, I think they over-relied on Ben Dunk slightly last year. I'm not convinced he can produce that sort of form again. So you're saying that they'll just about make it to the playoffs. Uh, Matt, do you think they'll reverse back into type? I, I think they'll come fifth, is my guess. So yes, they will go back to their old ways. Yeah. Yeah, okay, fair enough. So now we'll move on to our next team in uh, our PSL preview, who are the Multan Sultans. They, of course, dominated the group stages last season. And Daniel, I'm extremely excited because they have Pakistan cricket's hottest T20 in their side and as captain as well, Mohamed Rizwan replacing Shan Masood. Yeah, um, the fact that Mohamed Rizwan this time last year and even three months ago, couldn't get a game for Karachi Kings. And now um, he's he's captain of another franchise, of, of essentially the leading franchise at that time in the PSL. Multan Sultans were, um, a lot of people believe, and it's hard to argue against that, if the PSL was one continuous season, Multan would have swept to the title. They were by far the best side um, of the group stages. And in the end, it did come down to a super over to knock them out. They were... I think Karachi needed five of the last ball, and if they didn't get that, Multan would through to the final when, where you'd fancy them. So yeah, um, they, the fact that they've got um, now Pakistan's perhaps most informed cricketer, maybe the most informed wicketkeeper batsman in the world right now, um, that that works well for them. As does the fact that, um, of course, they've got uh, slightly um, uh, slightly uh, more experienced older leg spinners in Shahid Afridi and. Uh, Imran Tahir, but Usman Qadir has come along in leaps and bounds as well in the last uh, few months. He's uh, he, he's a lot more confident as a cricketer, and the fact that Multan have him as well means when it comes to spin, the fact that they have three excellent leg spinners can only be helpful to them. Hmm, about James Wins, he's coming off an excellent BBL mat roller, and he'll be looking forward to carry that form into the PSL. Yeah, I'm sure he will. Um, he, he's another guy who will um, be looking to sort of prove a point to a certain extent um, in terms of I think he will still have some ambitions of making the England squad for the T20 World Cup, even if they look pretty unlikely at the moment. Um, and he, he decided against uh, entering the IPL auction. So I think this is what he's throwing his his focus into. I think the tricky thing for, for Multan uh, Onvitz is working out exactly which combination to go for with the overseas players, um, because I'm expecting Tahir will play. Um, but then it's probably uh, sort of three of... Um, uh, Live Lynn, Russo and Vince. Um, and I think they have a, maybe a little bit of a classic T20 problem where they maybe don't have a natural number five or number six um, in the way you might hope for. Um, so I think there's quite a few players whose ideal position would be in the top three. Russo is probably ideally a four. Um, so maybe, you know, it could be a, a breakout season. Well, I suppose last year was arguably the breakout season for Kushdil Shah, but I think his form hasn't been the best. Um it's sort of in the COVID era. Um, so, yeah, I think that, that suddenly they, they might be looking at him as someone who will need to to play a slightly different role as a, as a possible finisher. Um, but, yeah, I think the, those those three leg spinners, the um, the guys at the opposite ends of their career and Afridi and Tahir, whose combined age is probably, you know, pushing 120 these days. <laughs> and Usman Kadir, who's um, young and just, uh, just 
just just starting to prove himself, I suppose, um, and, and and looks like a really good good find for Pakistan's T20 team. As I ask this question, I probably know how inane it sounds, Daniel, but I'm going to ask it anyway. In Pakistan, just before the PSL starts, is there ever talk that this will be Shahid Afridi's last season? Yeah, I guess I guess that talk's been persisting for about three or four years now. And when it came to the national side, it's been persisting for the best part of a decade. It, it, I, I've stopped making predictions about Shahid Afridi. Uh, it could be it might be, <laughs> it might be his last season. He might play right through the 2020s. I have I have absolutely no idea what to expect of him. But when I speak to people involved with Multan, they're quite sincere about the fact that about uh, their uh, their view that Shahid Afridi signing isn't just for marketing and PR and popular uh, uh, purposes and not a popularity excite. They do believe in the middle overs at least still as a leg spinner, if not as a batsman. He gives them a level of control. But more, to more serious matters, the, the main concern for Multan, for me, is the loss of Muhammad Elias to Karachi Kings. Because if you look through their squad now, I just can't see... Uh, they just don't seem to have one gun T20 fast bowler, which arguably every other side... Um, if, if uh, at this PSL that possesses. So people like Sohail Tanveer, Sohail Khan, they, they, they might do a job for you, but I do think that um, the fact that they don't have an actual express fast bowler who's, uh, who's proven quality might hurt them at some point. Multan will definitely feel that they missed out uh, last season in without when they did not win the title after the season was stopped due to COVID, of course. Is this the year, Daniel and Matt, that they go ahead and become champions? I'd uh, be skeptical. Um, I do think the, uh, the, li- uh, the little bit of uh, off-field drama that they've had with the ownership changes and, um, and potentially uh, the arguments about whether Mohammad Rizwan should have been captain, we're hearing there were, um, uh, there were people uh, conflicted about that idea. Um, I, I, do, I, I, wonder, I wonder if that might derail them slightly because you never quite know what's going on behind the scenes. Um, so a tentative no for me. Yeah, I, th- I think they might reach the playoffs, um, but I think it might depend a bit on pitches as well. Um, I, as Daniel says, they're, they're set up as sort of a spin team rather than a pace team in terms of bowling, at least. Um, and it, yeah, I don't know. I think they, they look like a solid side, but I don't think they look like a side that's sort of leaping off the page and saying uh, champion material to me in the same way that Islamabad do. Yeah, the next team in our preview is the Peshawar Salmi. Uh, Peshawar, of course, they got in David Miller, Daniel, as their platinum draft pick. And now he has pretty, very, very recent experience of playing for South Africa in Pakistan as well. Will will that help? So David Miller is one of those players that appears to split opinion because some people insist that he's been out of form for four or five years. And then he plays one of these innings every few months or, or maybe even once every 12 to 18 months and then manages to keep himself in contention. Um, his, his 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 ability in this format isn't really in question. It's just about whether he can back that up with consistent performances. And the fact that uh, Heather Ali maybe slightly struggled uh, with Pakistan um, means Peshawar I mean, will want will want him to deliver in the way that he did in that final T20 in Lahore. But whether he does that is a bit of a question. Peshawar in general are an interesting side. Because they, um, I wonder if I wonder if they're a bit too old. They've got Wahab Riaz, who does exceptionally well every year at the PSL. He's the leading wicket taker, I think, across the four or five seasons. But they've also got Shoaib Malik and Kamran Akmal. Kamran Akmal's probably been the best batsman at the PSL in the PSL's history. But uh, I wonder if at some point one they will come a season where it'll be one season too far 
for him. And he hasn't really, he didn't really come to the party at the National T20 Cup three or four months ago. And so I wonder if this season could be that one. And the fact that they let Tom Banton go, he's going to Quarter Gladiators, means that, um, means that they've relied quite heavily on a couple of players who, who are pushing 40. And uh, yeah, I wonder at some point if that's going to come back to bite them. You know what? I was going to put uh, Ravi Bopara also in that old players list, Matt. But then I realized he's just 35. And I was shocked. I would have easily bet 40 plus. <laughs> well, yeah, Ra- Ravi's actually been... Um, he didn't have a great season last year for his new county, Sussex. But um, in 2019, he almost sort of single-handedly took dragged Essex, I suppose, to the T20 Blast over here. And he went on this amazing run. Um, from number six uh, in the knockout stages, just I think he scored something like 220 runs um, across five innings in must-win games at the back end. It was it was quite something. Um, but yeah, to be honest, I think um, I look at this Peshawar squad and I, I sort of wonder whether they've recruited overseas players particularly well, especially with um, the, the prospect of Majib not necessarily being available for the full thing. Um, they lost Liam Livingston to the England squad, which was maybe unfortunate. Um, and I've got in Tom Kohler Cadmore, who's a top order batsman, um, it's sort of a classic new new era England, really um, explosive top order batsman. Um, but yeah, I, I've never been a huge David Miller fan myself, to be honest. Um, but him and him and uh, good old Ravi are probably going to have to do a bit of heavy lifting in the middle order. Um, Shafane Rutherford has sort of fallen away a little bit in the past couple of years after after looking like quite a bright prospect. So maybe if he gets a chance, um, it'll be a big year for him. Um, but yeah, I think as as Daniel says, it's not necessarily a team that leaps out off the page um, and and fills you with excitement. Other than um, Hader Rally, who they will be desperate for him to have another good season. Um, and, and more importantly, I'm sure all Pakistan fans will. Um, he made such a good impression um, at the start of his T20i career. I remember he played a brilliant innings against England over here um, and obviously had a sort of breakout season in the PSL last year. Um, so, yeah, interesting to see exactly what role they use him in, whether he's a he's an opener or a three or a four. Um, and, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure Pakistan supporters will be keeping a very close eye on how he does and uh, scrutinising in the, in the usual way. Predictions for Peshawar, Zalmi, Gents. We'll start with you, Matt. Uh, I think this could be a struggle for them this season. Um, I'm slightly reluctant to say it, but I think they might come bottom. Yeah, I concur. Um, I had them finishing bottom too. So if any Peshawar fans are listening, we apologise. Wow. It looks like it's going to be a hard season for, for Peshawar, Zalmi. And our last team in our team previews is the Keda Gladiators. I'm excited for the Quetta Gladiators because I was looking to their squad and I think, uh, Daniel, that they have the most explosive batting lineup. I mean, there's Gale, there's Banton, there's Delpo, there's Sarfaraz even. And I think there are a few more names that you have mentioned in your written preview as well. Yeah, um, the, this is this is the side that when I was going through the side, this was the one that was hardest to find clear-cut weaknesses for. Um, in addition to those uh, players that you mentioned, there's obviously Azam Khan, who's beginning to develop a bit of a reputation. So uh, Azam Khan is is the son of a very famous cricketer, right? Yeah, that's right. So he's Moin Khan's son, and um, he played a bit of cricket in the US, and when he came back and um, got a game for Quetta Gladiators a couple of years ago, there was a bit of criticism because he didn't really take his chance. And, um, you know, fitness-wise, he's... Uh, more Arjuna Ranatunga than David Warner, let's just say that. 
Um, and he's been working. He's been working on, uh, on on that side of his game as well. But I think it's just it, it is his power hitting that is his main selling point. And also in your preview, you have mentioned that this is the youngest side uh, in the Pakistan Super League, but they also have some experienced heads in uh, Chris Gale and Dale Stain. Um, yeah, so um, uh, that potentially might be the only weakness: the fact that they're relying on so many very young players. You know, I mean, even Tom Banton struggled at the PSL last year. Um, he's, a, he's an established. Um, a T20 cricketer now, but um, uh, with Peshawar last year, he couldn't really take his chance. Chris Gale's never really had what you might call a good PSL. Naseem Shah is still, obviously, still very young. Um, uh, and Mohammad Hasnain I didn't get a game, much game time with Pakistan, but he is one of Quetta's prim, uh, premier fast bowlers. Um, Dale Strain, again, um, I, I don't know how fit he is. I do with Islamabad last year, um, he he did a bit of a job for a few games, but then he had to leave, and I, that I remember that didn't quite work out for them. The fact that they signed, I thought Faf uh, Duplessis was a pretty clever bit of business, especially since I think he's a replacement on, uh, for Chris Gale. Um, but I do think now that he's uh, retired from Test cricket, his focus is solely T20 cricket. That might help him them, especially in the middle order when they're so chock a block with. Uh, power hitters that they might need someone of uh, Duplessis abilities. It's an interesting side, but I'm not, um, uh, yeah, I'm, I, I just wonder if inexperience might cost them at some point. The fact that they lost Jason Roy and Shane Watson might be too big of a bridge to, uh, too big of a bridge to essentially cover effectively with these players. Yeah, Watson and Roy are big names. And Faf, you're right, did mention that T20 was his priority when he announced his retirement. Matt, I have a question though. Does Dale Stain still have it? And it hurts me to ask this, because I, like many others, am one of his biggest fans over this past generation. Um, it's an interesting question. I think uh, what Stain does have these days is he has an extremely um, sort of unique, I would say. I know you can't be extremely unique. Um, slowable, where he sort of bowls it out of the... Um, it's almost like a very accentuated off-cutter where he just holds it between the thumb and the first finger. For a minute there, I thought you were going to say hairstyle. <laughs> Um, it, well, and celebration, of course, although he's, he's calmed down on those a little in recent years. Um, but yeah, this, this incredible slower ball that sort of dips very late on a batsman. Um, it's all, it, it, it's sort of like a knuckleball that turns. It's quite, um, it, I, I don't think I've seen anyone else try it, but he, he had a few against England in the, in the series at the start of 2020. Um, but yeah, obvi- obviously he's not quite the bowler he was. Um, he looks a little off the pace in, in the game or two. He played in the, the Lanka Premier League from what I heard. Um, so I'm not sure he's an automatic pick, but what he is, is, um, you know, a, an extremely good mentor for someone like Nassim Shah or Mohammed Hasnain, um, who are people who, who can soak up all his experience, just bowl with him in practice, um, and hopefully learn a thing or two from, from one of the greats. Um, yeah, more generally, I, I love the, this guy, Azam Khan, um, who's sort of larger than life. Um, but, you know, he, he, he the, the one thing that you'd look for in a Pakistan Super League team for me is whether they have um, the skill set of a young Pakistani uh, batsman who, who can score at a good rate, because that has been a real issue for Pakistan in T20I cricket over the years. And also more generally in the PSL, if you can pick one of these guys up, uh, in the draft, especially not in one of the early rounds, they're like gold dust because too many, too many of the uh, domestic batsmen available are sort of happy to grind out a strike rate of 120, 130. So if you have a guy whose first instinct is to absolutely whack it, which is definitely the case with Azam Khan, um, then it's it, it, it's an extremely canny buy. I think Daniel will be able to to say better than me. It's probably 
um, a, a bit of a long shot for him to be in in the national setup in time for the T20 World Cup. But as we've seen with with Rizwan, uh, things things do change very fast in Pakistan. Yeah. Okay. So then, Matt, your predictions for the Quetta Gladiators? Where will they finish? Can Chris Gale take them to the title? I don't think it'll be Gale that does it. I quite like their again their middle order at Ben Cutting. I, I'm a big fan of um, Mohammed Nawaz is a pretty canny operator as well. I think they'll they'll be playoffs. Um, I think they might be my sort of maybe my losing finalist to Islam Islamabad. Um, yeah, I think I think they'll be runners up. Uh, I think that they're the most fun side to follow, and I have them winning the final against Islamabad. The most fun side to follow, Quetta Gladiators. Okay, I think uh, Matt indicated at it that we're going to look forward to some of the players who are going to stake a claim for Pakistan squad at the T20 World Cup. Now that we're finished with the team-by-team previews, let, let's head right into that. Yeah, Daniel, we'll start with you. Matt mentioned the name of Azam Khan. Is he one of the players who is... Maybe he can stake a claim for a late push into the World Cup squad. And and we have to know that there are going to be back-to-back T20 World Cups. There's one this year and there's one the next as well. Yeah, it doesn't have to be um, at Mohamed Rizwan's expense. If Pakistan don't necessarily need a keeper, but they do need a power hitter. And that is something that uh, Azam Khan can bring to the table. Um, I think consistency has... Uh, I, I know that Pakistan have been demanding more consistency from some of their power hitters. They do think... Uh, they think that in the past that they've been lured by a couple of big innings and... Um, they wonder if a lot, some players have the temperament to make it at uh, national level. And I think it's the onus is on Hazem Khan to prove um, uh, prove that he can. Um, I think I think he's one of the players they'll be looking at most closely. I think he's one of the players in this PSL that has the clearest shot at potentially playing two World Cups in the next two years. Who are some of the others? Um, I'm a big fan of, uh, once again, this is a wicketkeeper batsman. Um, I'm a big fan of Rohel There's Potentially, this might not be the format... That uh, season breakthrough to the national side. He's he he did well at the under 19 50 over World Cup with Pakistan last year. Um, with the Shaheens in New Zealand, where Pakistan had a tough time. Um, he scored what I what looked like a, I, we didn't get in TV for. It looked like a really impressive hundred. Um, uh, in terms of T20 cricket, I think Danish Aziz is uh, is a prospect. He's uh, he's been doing well on the domestic circuit for the last couple of years. Um, uh, those those two are the one. Uh, uh, those two players, I'd say, are. The closest um, uh, alongside Azam Khan to potentially breaking through as early as this year. Matt, I'll twist the question slightly for you because you also mentioned there is significant English representation at the Pakistan Super League. Is this is this now time for Wins and Hales to maybe stake that one last claim for getting back into England's T20 side? It's a tricky one for both of them, really, because, you know, the, the very fact that they're playing in this tournament um, proves that they're, they're on the outside for England. England um, have pulled a few players out of this competition because of their white ball tour of India. Um, so so by being here in the first place, um, they're sort of out of England's plans. Um, in terms of a few guys, aside from those two who might be looking to um, push again, uh, Lewis Gregory, I'm not 100% sure whether he'll necessarily get into that Islamabad side. Um because they may, they, in previous years, they've quite often stacked their top order with overseas players. So they might go with um, Alex Hales, Phil Salt and Paul Sterling in the top three. And maybe um, so, someone like Fawad Ahmed might play ahead of uh, Gregory as a bowler. But if he does play, then uh, he can sort of try and prove that he's uh, a useful bowling option as, as a potential backup um, all-rounder. In terms of some of the Pakistan players, I've was looking through and having a think about some of those. Um, one guy who's really impressed me actually um, has been Dilbar Hussain, who who almost got this 
cult hero status or maybe even the opposite of that when he made his Melbourne Stars debut having been plucked from absolutely nowhere um, to the extent that by the way that he didn't even have a Crick Info profile which is sort of the uh, a serious bar to be an overseas player in a T20 league um, but he's actually he, he was really good last year and he bowled this this extremely um, sort of canny off cutter to get Hales out in the playoffs um, which definitely caught my eye and had a decent start to the Big Bash um, when he was over there for the stars um, before getting injured. So I, I'll be interested to, to sort of track how he does and quite in the sort of relatively exciting Lahore bowling lineup. I don't know. He's probably a, a bit of a long shot to get into the national picture anytime soon. Um, and then the other guy, I suppose, um, was, was Hassan Ali, who is, I know, already in the setup. Um, but I think the T20I that he played the other day and, you know, ended up seeing them home, um, which is his first in a couple of years. Um, and having had quite a quiet time of it since, um, you know, the famous Champions Trophy win in 2017, he seems to just be having this um, complete rejuvenation of his career and looks like a, a properly good all-rounder um, with bad as well, by the way, because he, he seems to have been stacking up uh, quick runs in, in Pakistan domestic cricket. So, yeah, really looking forward to, to watching him play um, and hopefully, you know, reconfirming that he should be part of that, that Pakistan squad. All right, then the final question on this podcast. There are a few players who are going to be playing the Pakistan Super League for the first time. Rashid Khan, case in point. Daniel, who are you the most excited to see? Um, I'm excited to see Rashid Khan. Um, I, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a shame you mentioned him because I was going to. Um, I, I, I know that he. it's a shame that he won't be around with the Pakistan side for too long, uh, for, with, the, with the BSL for too long. He has... Uh, uh, he has his, potentially his Afghanistan commitments. I'm also quite keen to see how Paul Sterling does because I do think one of the weaknesses that Islamabad United, um, uh, one of Islamabad, not weaknesses, but I guess one of the problems was the, the fact that they had to replace Colin Monroe, who suddenly became unavailable due to bio bubble requirements, I believe. Um, so I, I, I do think I, I'm interested to see how he does, and I do think it's going to be quite um, important. Uh, uh, quite pivotal to Islamabad's chances that he does work because Islamabad have the strategy of stacking the top four or five with foreign players and then just backing their middle order and their bowlers to do the job for them. So I'd probably name those two. Matt, do you have your eyes on any newbies? Yeah, well, Daniel sort of taken the, the words out of my mouth with uh, with Paul Sterling. I, I wrote a piece on him a couple of weeks ago about his incredible form. In so basically, I took Rashid Khan from Daniel <laughs> and he took Paul Sterling from you. Yeah, something like that. Um, it's just revenge naturally setting me down the river by saying Dilbert didn't have a Crick Info profile because I'm the one who's supposed to write it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, so so Sterlo is gonna um, hopefully give it give it give it give it a whack, have his textbook shots over the covers um, and through mid wicket, um, and prove to everyone that he should have been playing in all these leagues for for many more years than he has. Um, and then the other guy I would um, sort of mention is um, probably a guy that not too many people will have heard of um, playing for Lahore Calanders, Tom Abel, who um, I spoke to a few weeks ago, actually. Um, and he, he said he was sort of surprised as anyone that he, he ended up getting picked, um, being quite a modest guy, but he's a middle order batsman. Um, it might get a chance, bolts a few overs of seam as well. Um, and in particular, he's sort of... Um, reinvented himself he was once quite a sort of uh, slow scorer in the middle overs um but he plays at this extremely small home ground at somerset um with sort of 60 meter boundaries all the way around and he, he's very deft in terms of using reverse sweeps laps dabs paddles 
frying pans, everything you can think of um, to get the ball over his own head. Um, and yeah, I think uh, if, if he gets a go, um, yeah, he's one to watch. Uh, he's probably a way off England selection for now, but um, yeah, he, he's, a, he's a useful pickup and it sort of hints at good scouting and recruitment from Lahore as far as I'm concerned. Excellent. On a scale of 1 to 10, Daniel, how excited are you for PSL 2021? Probably seven and a half. Mm, That's that's good enough, I feel. Matt, I don't have to ask you how excited you are for a T20 tournament, do I? Yeah, it's the usual 11. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's awesome. Daniel and Matt, thank you so much for joining us today on ESPN Cricket for Stump Mike. The Pakistan Super League starts this Saturday, which is the 20th of February. 34 games. It's going to be a blast. Copyright infringement there. (laughs) 